Hi, I'm Dina. I'm Randy. And I'm Lovetto. We're Hydrogen and Stupidity. Join us every week as we discuss the unexplained, unimaginable, and downright ridiculous. We explore true crime, aliens, supernatural, conspiracies, cryptids, paranormal, and anything in between. We're not experts, but just three friends who like to talk about the bizarre. So let's get started. Now. I started listening to a new podcast. No, you didn't. I did. Uh, How dare you? I'm sorry. How dare? Have y'all heard of uh, the apology line? No. Oh, that's interesting. What is it Do about? They apologize. So this guy, <laughs> about Alan, everything. Yes, yes. This guy, Alan Bridges, started this line in New York in 1981. And basically, the concept was: is I'm not going to talk to the police. I'm not going to, you know, tell you who you are. Please don't tell me who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's something you want to get off your chest, you want to apologize for, whether it's, you know, you made a sibling feel bad or you committed a petty crime or whatever, he said, just let it on there. And then we're going to have an art exhibit. We're going to play it. Well, one guy called claiming to be the Zodiac. Nice. Another guy called called himself Richie and said he's a serial killer. And they, like, he got consumed with this conversation with this Richie fellow. Mm-hmm. And, like, the cops were like, who is it? Who is it? And, you know, they were just back and forth. It's He's like, pretty insane. I don't know who it is. I told them. They don't have to tell me. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> six episodes long, and it's told from the perspective of the wife. But they said this line just basically consumed. He died, and he was anonymous until he died, like, back in 1995. So it's just a series. Oh, yeah, it's just okay. a small series. Yeah. Cool. died in 1995. How awesome. <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> was 14 yeah i was yeah i was uh 13 yeah randy you're older than me Mm -hmm. in 95 this year aren't you shut your mouth i am not wait in 95 is that what you said 95 Mm -hmm. yeah i was nine 1995 that's 1995 um i'm gonna be 39 this year randy's gonna be 40 that's crazy in may right (laughs) you're a liar it's gonna be may it's may mother's day maybe mother's day (laughs) <laughs> possibly <laughs> right. possibly i'm gonna be 35 that's pretty tight it is i'm excited about it oh, randy's 40. birthday is on or about may 12th then <laughs> one this year or about <laughs> <laughs> there's a qualifier there randy yeah <laughs> wait your birthday's in july july no, 27th mine's july 18th may 10th what are we going to do for the 40, for the big 4-0? Pretend like it didn't happen. How about I just call Phil, and I'm like, have a shit ton of beer ready at Marty's. <laughs> and I'll pay for it. There we go. Yeah, I'll be vaccinated by then. I'll be like, Randy's got to get his own food. I'll be like, you know what? Give me a lot of beer, a couple of uh, bourbon and Cokes, and a patty melt. Oh, yeah, a patty melt. I love so patty. is that so what we're doing know. for his birthday? Just so you know, Marty's in Birmingham. Has one of the best patty melts ever. that you would ever eat. Mm-hmm. Your entire I'll life. grab him a cake on the way over there. We'll go to Edgar's get you cake. Mm-hmm. I bet we could. I think we should have a party for Randy at at, uh, at Marty's. Okay. Or Perry Steakhouse, which one? <laughs> which one do you want? It can't be both. So I was. I told. <laughs> we can't uh, afford that. <laughs> told my parents-in-law. That, you know they've been giving us a lot of help with um with the baby. 
And I was like, you know, I was like, I, I sometimes I feel like I'm taking advantage, you know, and they're always like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. We we love him. And that's awesome. But I was like, just to say thank you, I kind of want to take you guys out to dinner. So pick a restaurant. And uh, <laughs> Emily's dad's like, well, I heard Perry's is good. And I was like, if you want to go to Perry's, I said, we all got to dress up, but we'll go to Perry's, you know, because they have a pork chop there. Have you ever seen it? If you look at their menu, Mm-mm. it's $44 for this pork chop. But it's literally three pork chops. It, it, it's about six inches thick. Yeah, Ooh. basically a rib roast of pork, and then you can go and get the um, tomahawk ribeye. It's supposed to be split between about four people, but it's ninety nine dollars. But it's a ribeye, but it's basically the entire rib of the cow with just the rib, the the eye of the rib cut out. It looks pretty delicious, but I'm not paying hundred bucks. But I was like, if you want to go there, I, I mean, I'll take you to Paris. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I was just kidding. I was like, no, if that's where you want to get what's happening now, we're going. <laughs> Did you, have you guys gone yet? I need to go go you get the meat sweats at Texas Day Brazil. Um, Mr. P's Butcher Shop is the best place to go get uh, steaks and hamburger meat and stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't like their marinade all that much, but they have everything a, else is They really do a dry good. rub. It's pretty good. They'll see, like, if you get steaks, they'll season them. Uh, and put the, them what is the last paper. one I put on my steaks? <clears throat> Is it Kinder? I found it at like Publix or something like that. I don't know. The last one I made was basically I just got a bunch of stuff out of the cabinet, put mm-hmm. them together, and uh, <laughs> my father in law was like, "This is delicious." <laughs> I was like, "I know, <laughs> I know." Well, speaking of ribs, ribs. You guys ever heard of Spring Hill Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I read Spring. I read that on your paper earlier, but no, I've never heard of that. Right now. I never. Okay. Well, Spring Hill Jack is a folklore based out of the United Kingdom. And this English folklore was very popular in the Victorian era. Oh, by the way, again, with most of my pods, I have read multiple articles, but I'm mainly doing this from Wikipedia just because it's summarizing everything. and It makes things just easier. Yeah. This English folklore basically sprung up. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that she said that. Right then. Right then. The first sighting of Spring Hill Jack happened in 1837. The later sightings were reported all over the United Kingdom and were especially prevalent in the suburban, in suburban London, in the Midlands, and in Scotland. There's a lot of theories regarding the identity of Spring Hill Jack and the nature of him. And it's it's a folklore, but they also kind of consider it an urban legend. Is the Spring Hill Jack, is he Jack the Ripper? No. No, this is a completely different entity. It should be, though. It's not. Okay. But anyways, uh, <laughs> they, they consider it an, an urban legend, and it's mainly because it was so popular in its time and because of the bizarre appearance and abilities to make him basically an extraordinary entity. He was able to make, like Superman, leaps in one single bound. Was he able to leap tall buildings in a single yes. bound? That's very Superman. Leap, yes, leap far and long. Hmm. I heard the, that. Hence the okay. Spring Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he was very bizarre looking. Like, he almost looked like Batman. He actually reminds me of Batman and Zorro. 
Okay. I didn't know how to use that. That's thing. good though. I see. Yeah, I see that. The mustache. Yeah, the, like the Spanish the, kind the of the pants that are kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. Yeah. Which he, I mean, it looks like it is riding pants, riding boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's a horse involved, maybe. But at the same time, he's got kind of like a Bizarro. No, no, no. The the New Jersey, Jersey devil? devil. The New the Jersey. Yeah. The, the Jersey, Jersey devil. devil. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Jersey Devil a little mm. bit too. Uh, just by the description, he had a very frightful appearance. He had clawed hands, and his eyes had a, uh, they were considered like red balls of fire. Another report claimed that he, beneath a black cloak, he wore a helmet and a tight fitting white garment like an oil skin. Many aspects of devil like appearances. Others said he was tall and thin. And had the appearance of a gentleman. Oh, and he could breathe out blue and white flames and that he wore sharp metallic claws at his fingertips. At least two people claimed that he was able to speak comprehensible English. So there were a lot of different descriptions to this man. He was also considered kind of the terror of London. Now, there was another entity. He was also considered the terror of London. Again, it was not Jack the Ripper. That's a completely different person. He only killed five people. That's fucking lame. Sorry. Rookie numbers. <laughs> this is Bush League. You gotta yeah, <laughs> you gotta pump those numbers up. <clears throat> it kinda seems like from what I'm reading that they just basically took all of these these descriptions and just were like, you know what, this is the official description. <laughs> Right, that that's basically there's what like, they did. Like Twelve different descriptions, and they're like, you know, this is going to be the accepted description of this guy. Well, and reading more into it, I feel like they kind of rolled all a, a bunch of stories together to make one entity. Because even like, and I'm about to get into this. It, there were a lot of reports of different ghosts and figures before him that were assaulting people or doing weird things to people, and he. He sprung to life. Sorry, I'm making mm-hmm. all these corny jokes, but I just feel like I can do that with his name. Anyways, <laughs> and it's another Jack. There's a lot of Jacks that happen in the United Kingdom. They call, you know, names for different people or figures or whatever that go around and assault assault people. But before Spring Hill Jack came into place in the early 19th century, there were reports of ghosts that stalked the streets of London. They were described as pale, and they stalked and preyed on uh, lone pedestrians. They told basically the same thing, that these figures formed part of a distinct ghost tradition. They all basically had the same ghost tale, but -hmm. there were just little twists to it. So it it made a very distinct ghost tradition in London, which some writers have argued formed the foundation of the later legend of Spring Hill Jack. So like I said earlier... It's like they rolled everything that they were telling in like the last 20, 30 years into one big urban legend and they just went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important of these entities regarding Spring Hill Jack was the Hammersmith ghost, which in 1803 and 1804 was reported in Hammersmith on the western fringes of London. He later appeared in 1824. And another apparition, the Southampton ghost, was also reported as assaulting individuals in the night. And this particular ghost bore many of the characteristics of Spring Hill Jack and was reported as jumping over houses and being over 10 feet tall. So (sighs) those two ghosts, especially before Spring Hill Jack in 1837, they got a lot of 
inspiration from from those two. So here's here's the early reports of of Spring Hill. The first alleged sighting of Spring Hill was in London in 1837, and the last reported sighting. Most literature is saying the last sighting was in Liverpool in 1904. So this legend ran rampant. It had a pretty long run. Was he friends with Whipping Tom? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Another later account in October of 1837, a girl by the name of Mary Stevens. And Mary Stevens is one of the most popular story when it comes to Spring Hill Jack or the, the most renowned she says that she was walking to Lavender Hill, where she was working as a servant after visiting her parents in uh, Battersea. On her way through a Clapham Common, a strange figure leapt at her from a dark alley. The figure immobilized her with a tight grip of, of his arms. He began to kiss her face. And at the same time, he started ripping her clothes off and touching her with clammy hands that actually had claws at the tips. She described him as, quote, uh, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. In panic, she screamed. She frightened the attacker by doing that, and the attacker fled the scene. The commotion brought several residents who immediately launched a search for the aggressor, but nobody was able to find him. The next day, this leaping character said to have chosen a very different victim, but near Mary Stevens' home. And when he started doing this, the later reports found the exact same thing. He, he started making a pattern. It was going to come about in later incidents. He would jump in the way of passing carriage, and he causes the, uh, the coachman to lose control, crash, and severely injure himself. Several witnesses claim that he escaped by jumping over a nine-foot-high wall while cackling with a high-pitched ringing laughter. <laughs> it seems like all of these bad news bears in London had a very comic book villainous departure like they were cackling you know on their way or they the were whole holding the cape and right, then running right <laughs> right very dramatic stage like exit yeah you know like i'm just waiting for one of the reports saying that he was twirling his mustache you know and then as soon as that happened it kind of did a domino effect and news of this this character just started spreading like wildfire around London. And finally, all of it came together. And that's how he, that's why he was called Spring Hill Jack. He <laughs> was jumping about, cackling, causing chaos. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after these first couple of sightings started happening, everything kind of rolled together and he became officially Spring Hill Jack. On January 9th, 1838, the Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cohen, revealed at a public session held in the mansion house an anonymous complaint he had received several days earlier, but he had withheld it in hope of obtaining further information. This correspondent letter came from a resident in Peckham and basically said, I'm not going to read the entire letter, but basically said that there were several individuals who laid a wager, who laid a who laid a, wa a wager that there was going to be mischievous happenings. It was basically a bunch of guys that came together and put a bet on how mischievous they could get by, I guess, maybe using Spring Hill Jack as kind of a cover for what they could do. And Nice. So they were basically copycats. But they were doing this around <laughs> the villages of London, 
personally, I think it was part, I believe it was um, maybe some young gentleman of maybe higher standings, higher wealth, maybe in the aristocracy, I don't know. But they would wear different disguises, a ghost, a bear, and a devil. And they would go around and they would try to scare the bejesus out of young maidens, young women in other people's backyards and all this other stuff. There were seven cases of this. and He killed them though, right? No, he did not. He, he didn't? Did. No, the, I'm talking about these gentlemen mm-hmm. used the cover-up of Spring Hill Jack okay. to cause chaos around okay. out the outskirts of London in the smaller original, villages. The Spring Hill Jack, though, he, did in he the, kill people? In the first two incidences, he did not. And then he started. Well, or does it say? I mean, I, if it doesn't I, say, that's fine enough. There was a lot of wicked pranks so most of these are just large frights you know and being and being attacked i i'm not seeing a ton of I'm not seeing any evidence right now of murders murder i mean some of the people that were involved in this you know they were like the arresting officer you know would would deal with like the red barn murderer and stuff like that but it was just appearances and chaos and attacks. It, I, I don't see any deaths regarding okay. him. Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah. But this is when he started becoming official. Mm-hmm. Um, when they started being like, this is a problem. Right, yeah. right. So now we've got little miscreants out here using him as a cover to to cause chaos in these smaller vi- villages. And that's where this letter came about to him. Mm-hmm. Explaining, you know, we've got a little bit of an issue going on now. Because now... There's two women out of these seven who are not like it said uh, in part of this letter, it says, quote, not likely to recover, but to become burdens to their families. So they were getting scares enough to. Mm. And to be honest, back in that time, it didn't take much. Right. It had been going on for a while that had. So then they had finally sent a letter to him. Yeah. This just kind of makes me believe that like most of the stuff back then was just a bunch of people being dicks. Right. It was a lot of kids being kids and it, being chaotic. And you know, I used to do that, but now you can't as a kid. Yeah. There's cameras everywhere. But like, you know, when I was a kid. Oh my God. I'm but, so glad we grew up when we did. But like, you know, when I, <clears throat> I was a kid, I could do dumb shit all the time. It wouldn't be all over the internet. But yeah. now it's, mm-hmm. it's it's all over the place. Like if, if your friends didn't record it, there's some stupid ass security camera that recorded it, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's just like an insane conversation that you're going to have to have with your kid. But like, what if all of this, like that shit like that, that happened, like, you know, we've discussed time travel. What if it's like a vacation for people? They're like time travel and go back and just fucking cause havoc for a minute. (laughs) You know, and it's just like something that's like going to be just some stupid, like little thing in history, like a little blip in history. It's not going to affect mankind whatsoever. Yeah. You know, but. That's, that's kind of funny. This started becoming a, a big problem mm-hmm. because when the Lord Mayor told about, told the, in the mansion house, told the public session about this, mm-hmm. several of the audience members actually confirmed that uh, serving girls around Kensington, Hammersmith, and Ealing uh, were telling dreadful stories of the ghost or devil. The matter was reported to the Times and other national uh, papers in January 10th. And... The Lord Mayor showed a crowded gathering, a pile of letters from various places in and around London complaining of similar wicked attacks or wicked pranks. 
The quantity of letters that poured into the mansion house suggested that the stories were widespread in suburban (laughs) London. And one writer said that several young women in Hammersmith had been frightened into dangerous fits and some severely wounded by a sort of claws the miscreant wore on his hands. Another correspondent claimed that in Stockwell, Brixton, Camberwell, and Vauxhall, several people had died of fright and others had had fits. Meanwhile, another reported that the trickster had been repeatedly seen in Lewisham and Blackheath. Now, I don't know if I'm saying all that right, guys, so for those that are listening in the UK, I'm sorry for butchering. The Lord Mayor, he was kind of uh, on the fence. He thought a lot of it was very exaggerated, and it was kind of snowballing into mass chaos. And You know, that's, that's long what I was thinking, is that, like, people embellish it a little bit, like, it's copycat stuff. And then people are like, oh, I could jump over houses and it had claws on this. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, and he was being rational about it. He yeah. was like, you know, it's exaggerated because there's no way. And, and, and he even said it, it's impossible that the ghost performs the feats of a devil upon earth in all of these different places mm-hmm. all, all at the same time. But on the other hand, a trusted friend of his from Forest Hill had told him that a servant girl in that area had been scared into fits by a figure in in a bear skin. Yeah. Uh, And he was confident the person or persons involved in this were doing these displays, and he thought that they were going to be caught and punished. They were never caught. I mean, how hard is it to not get caught in the 1800s? Right. Well, I mean, I think the closest they got to was this anonymous letter saying, listen, there are now bets with several boys... Well, that, Seeing I, who can cause the most chaos. I and blame think it on spring I think, yeah. I think that's how that went, though. Is you know, back in the eighteen hundreds, I mean, there wasn't shit to do, so just, just try oh, to stay people. alive. Well, I mean, try not to catch everybody. the plague. And the thing is, is I, I just, I, I like that. I like this story a lot. I honestly do. But I think that like it's people that it's a combination of things. It's a combination of boredom Mm -hmm. it's a combination of imagination and i feel like these people like they hear about these attacks and like oh shit we can do that well then and and then on the opposite end it's the women getting very nervous and again kind of mass hysteria of i'm i'm gonna get attacked so it would exacerbate all of these kind of pranks that was happening around and it's like these little villages the people that come out and attack you know, they didn't know where it came from. So they're like, oh, he must have jumped over all these houses. You know what I mean? It's just like some some random prank gets these supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. And then in the 1800s, like, you know, now in London, you can't go anywhere without being on camera. Right. So there wasn't any of that. Nobody knew. So it was just people basically just fucking with everybody. They didn't kill anybody, you know. Well, right, and if you think about it... They weren't doing anything young, terrible. And we're it's talking just, about boys, just messing too. with people, you know. Well, we're talking about boys who heard about urban legends. I mean, how many times, when you were a kid, you would play Bloody Mary, or you would right, play, yeah. you know, and you would try to scare the bejesus out of friends, or you would play a prank on a neighbor, or whatever. This is the same thing, except in the it 1800s. Just got, it's just got blown out of proportion the, a little bit. Well, yeah, because... I mean, from what you're describing, it just seems like people messing with each with each other. Well, and nobody really wanted to cause any harm to anyone. But it probably happened, and, and there's probably, like somebody that took it down the dark path you know what i mean they're yeah. like this is happening everywhere i can kill someone and well get away with and that's or what's really crazy well and i think 
we need to also take into account uh, society at that time, too. Mm. We've got wealthier boys, you know, uh, that really are bored, twiddling their thumbs, yeah. trying to find something to do. Who are the easiest prey? Well, the servants, the mm-hmm. servants around them. Well, then you look into that society, too. And they were not about how they were not educated they're very like religiously influenced mm-hmm. they have all you know um anything that weird that happens is the devil well the, you know, right they were things. they were more um <coughs> susceptible to i don't mean to be debunking anything but no I'm just, no no this is a debunking because this right, is I'm what just, i'm just like it's different times like you've got to just, think of it they based a lot more things off of religion yeah. off of legends off of tales and all that other stuff especially in the servants in the lower class yeah um because they were not as educated as these boys yeah you know who Mm -hmm. were bored out of their skulls and they and they took advantage of it i mean here's a here's a really good example of that Uh, this was reported in the brighton gazette and it happened the article happened april 14th 1838 in the edition of the times a gardener in Rose Hill, Sussex, had been terrified by a creature of unknown nature. The Times wrote that Spring Hill Jack, quote, Spring Hill Jack has, it seems, found his way to Sussex coast, even though the report bore little resemblance to the other accounts of Jack. The incident occurred on April 13th when it appeared to a gardener in a shape of a bear or some other four-footed animal. Having attracted the gardener's attention by a growl, it then climbed the garden wall and ran along it on all fours before jumping down and chasing the gardener for some time. After terrifying the gardener, the apparition scaled the wall and made its exit. Apparition? I mean, that. I just, I don't know. So it was a ghost bear who they said was, ghost bear. was Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. That was terrorizing a gardener minding but its own business. Even, that doesn't even sound like Spring Hill Jack. You know what I mean? Right, but remember, it even said these pranks... Yeah. were happening and they were saying that they, these wagers and everything that they would do different disguises a ghost a bear and a devil yeah yeah no i, I i'm just saying that like man could you imagine what the havoc we cause in the 1800s with the technology that we have now oh i know half the people we'd give heart attacks to yeah i just i feel like it was a thing and it was just basically a big public prank they took full advantage of an urban legend yeah that's what they did just like Bloody Mary, just like they just like pretty much anything. They out weren't, there. yeah. They weren't really. They weren't. There was no murder. Like no, people weren't there dying. You know, like but it there, was just. There were <laughs> some attacks that were, you know, kind of borderline rape. Yeah. You know, t- yeah. ripping clothes off of these, you know, young women who were walking down the street by hey, themselves look. in the hey, middle look. of the night. They were just doing what Randy and I were doing in the nineties, oh, just God. trying to see some titties through the blurred HBO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Randy, they, tell me. Sit here and tell me with a straight face you didn't do that. I I, I can't tell you exactly. with a straight face. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't have it. I'm not condoning it, but like, look, look. If I'm an 18 year to 20 year old and in the 1800s, I'm trying to see some titties. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna rip some clothes off. Don't go with them things out. <laughs> Dump them out, Randy. Dump them out. <laughs> <laughs> now the the two most popular cases mm-hmm. when it comes to spring Hill Jack are the Alsop case and the scales case. It's two young women again, the, in the Alsop case, and it was the most widely covered cases. Jane Alsop, uh, she was reported 
she reported this the night of February 19th, 1838. She answered the door at her father's house to a man claiming to be a police officer who told her to bring a light claiming we have caught Springhill Jack here in the lane. She brought the person a candle and noticed that he wore a large cloak. <laughs> the moment she had handed him the candle, however, he threw off the cloak and, quote, presented a most hideous and frightful appearance, vomiting blue and white flame from his mouth while his eyes resembled red, red balls of fire. Ms. Alsop reported that he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white oilskin. Without saying a word, he caught hold of her and began tearing her gown with his claws, which she was certain were of some metallic substance. She screamed for help and managed to get away from him and run towards the house. He caught her on the steps and tore her neck and arms with his claws. She was rescued by one of her sisters, after which her assailant fled. That was the first big one. Blue and white flames out of his mouth? Yes. Red eyes? Yes. Well, that's just patriotic. It was red, white, and blue. I'm going to tell you some bitch pile of monkey nuts. Scales case. <laughs> <laughs> On February 28th, 1838, this was nine days after uh, the Alsop case, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were returning home after visiting their brother, a butcher who lived in a respectable part of Limehouse. Miss Scales stated in her deposition to the police that as she and her sister were passing along Green Dragon Alley, they observed a person standing in an angle of the passage. She was walking in front of her sister at the time, and just as she came up to the person who was wearing a large cloak, he spurted a quantity of blue flame in her face, which deprived her of her sight, and so alarmed her that she instantly dropped to the ground and was seized with violent fits, which continued for several hours. Her brother added that on the evening in question, he had heard the loud screams of one of his sisters moments after they had left his house, and on running up Green Dragon Alley, he found his sister Lucy on the ground in a fit, which her sister attempted to hold and support her. She was taken home, and he then learned from his older other sister what had happened. She described Lucy's assailant as being of tall, thin, and gentlemanly appearance, covered in a large cloak, and carrying a small lamp or bullseye lantern similar to those used by the police. The individual did not speak, nor did he try to lay hands on them, but instead walked quickly away. Every effort was made by the police to discover the author of these and similar outrages, and several persons were questioned, but were set free. Wow. That just... I, I don't know what to make of the, the, the blue from the mouth or whatever, but this all just seems like people messing with each other. Yeah. There's not a definitive, like, narrowing down of, like, what Spring Hill Jack looks... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, somebody could have flashed a light in her face. She could have had a seizure. It sounds like she just had a seizure to me. And you know that people, you know, psychogenic shock and stuff mm -hmm. often leads to, like, seizure, just, like, catatonic state. So, I mean, it, it just seems like somebody was just terrible. Somebody just scared somebody so bad they had a seizure. And then they left. I don't. I don't know if there's really any ill intent here, other than just perpetuating the Spring Hill Jack myth. But it's a good story. I like the story a lot. They Spring did. Jack. Yeah, they did arrest someone. But I mean, like, named what are you Thomas gonna, Milbank. What are you going to charge somebody with like, scaring the whole town? Like, well, it, it, this was immediately after Alsop's because uh -huh. he he was boasting in Morgan's arms. I guess that's the name of a. Somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> that he was Spring Hill Jack. They, they arrested him, but 
he escaped conviction only because Jane Alsop insisted her attacker had breathed fire. And Milbank admitted he could do no such thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Yeah. Most of the other accounts were written long after the date. Springhill Jack was the most popular character of the period. Mm -hmm. he, he was in multiple newspaper articles, and uh, he was also a subject of very many Penny Dreadful. Oh, cool. Uh, Penny Dreadfuls and plays mm -hmm. performed in, in cheap theaters. I'm, I'm sorry. It just almost makes me think that it's, it's, a, it's an elaborate thing to make money. And you guys <laughs> ever heard of Punch and Judy? Heard of what? Punch and Judy. Mm-mm. Okay, well. I haven't, no. In Punch and Judy shows, the devil in those shows was also renamed Spring Hill Jack. Huh. I just, I'm sorry. What is, what is a Penny Dreadful? I don't, I'm not familiar. They're stories. They're, okay. they're like dark, like. Uh, what would they be compared to to today? Like the scary, scary stories you tell um, in the like dark. Like tales from hey. the crypt. Yeah. Hey, okay. Are you afraid of the dark? You remember they, that show? Yeah. They would be the 1800s the version. Oh, okay. It's okay. the same thing as the Are You Afraid of the Dark shit. Where you... wasn't there a TV show where... called Penny Dreadful? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. And it, it was no, an amazing. There was a. It was an amazing there, show. There is a show. <laughs> but it it stopped. They they're not it's making still, any it more still seasons. Exists. <laughs> uh, no, but they're not making any more seasons. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. You need to watch it. It's I amazing. Okay. I haven't seen it. But as the fame was growing, the, the actual sightings were were decreasing. Well, yeah, you got to hide out when, you're, when the heat's too high. Uh, in 1843, there was a wave of sightings that swept around the country. There was more investigations uh, in 1847 with a couple of attacks on mail coaches like mail is in like like mail postage. like postage yeah, postage okay. yeah it led to uh, a a conviction to a, a man named Captain Finch and he was convicted with two charges of assault against women during which he said to have been disguised in a skin coat which had the appearance of bullock's hide skull cap horns and a mask a devil the hmm. legend was linked with the phenomenon of devil's footprints which Maybe one day we'll talk about. It's another kind of uh, well, I mean, that urban makes, legend kind of thing that happened around the that, UK. That to me makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you know, looking back on it now, you could dress up as anything. People would believe it was real. It, case in point was the uh, thing Dina did about the um, corpses, the zombies. Yeah. What were they? The jumping zombies yeah. or whatever? Like... That was reasonably explained with the, the way they transported the bodies. Mm -hmm. Like, they did it at night because it was cooler under the thing. Like, you know, so I feel like it's kind of the same the, thing. The zombies. The, the last. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah, the, the yeah. Jing Shi. Yeah, yeah, Jing Shi. Jing Shi? But uh, I don't know. I think that's reasonable. I, I, I kind of think that people were capitalizing on the fear. Yeah. Just, so just this mess with each other. This. Penny, the Penny Dreadful show? Is it a collection of stories? I have no idea. Oh, you've never watched it? I've never watched it. I don't know. I just watch a lot of a lot of porn all the time. Dude. <laughs> I don't. Dude. I really don't, though. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I honestly can't remember the last one that I watched, last porn that I watched since I was an adult. It's just been a minute. I don't I don't watch a lot of it, so. Did I tell you who I, who I found out was a porn star? Mm-mm. Oh my God, Maitland Ward! 
Who was that? Maitland Ward played Rachel, who was the roommate of Jack and Eric on Boy Meets World. Tall redheaded chick, if you ever saw it. Oh, she needs some <clears> dick. That she gets some. From me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> there were a cut. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, jump right back into it. Oh, uh, okay. Well... <laughs> So there were several more instances in the uh, 1870s, and um, basically, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Spring Hill Jack, basically, the urban legend influenced a lot of aspects of the Victorian life, especially in its popular culture. Uh, decade for decades, especially in London, his name was equated with the boogeyman, the bogeyman, or the bogeyman. Yeah. Oh. It's a bogeyman. Boy. It's a bogeyman, you cunt. <laughs> and it was used also, just like the bogeyman, it was used also as a, a means to scare children into behaving by telling them if they were not good, Spring Hill Jack would leap up and peer in at them through their bedroom windows by night. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like most of these things are born out of parents not wanting to discipline their children. The most influence, though, was um, the entertainment. Yeah. Of the legend. So you said the last uh, last sighting was in 1870s? Well, it was the 1870s and it, it deteriorated. Weird. We haven't heard of him since 1870. Right. The, the last true sightings of him. I honestly think that some of these cryptids are real. Some of this has happened and there's been a legitimate explanation for why. But I think a lot of them are just human imagination because of things they don't readily comprehend does that make sense because banshees you know randy believed banshees were real up until like 2005 oh it was way later than that was it oh yeah i remember that we had that discussion at the fire station one day i was like banshees aren't real and you're like what i was like what do you mean what (laughs) and randy's like banshees are real i was like the last reported sighting no they're not in secondary language, in secondary literature, the last reported sightings were said to have been in Liverpool in 1904. Oh damn! Right. So I mean, it was an old some bitch. It was mm. a a long. He wasn't very springhilled then. He had a long, long history. He was not springy. No, more like a flat. More, hill. more spongy. Flat hill. <laughs> there, are th- obviously, there's the, the theories regarding Springhill Jack obviously are mass hysteria. They did say mass hysteria was a, a big a big issue rolling everything together and then having a bunch of kids a bunch of kids play pranks. Well, the, yeah, exactly. I was about to say the thing is is people were actually perpetuating these pranks. Yeah. So they it wasn't mass hysteria as in like we know it's out there but we don't see it. People were seeing what's going on. No, they were it was mass hysteria because the the pranks were exaggerating the right. urban legend right that's it was making exactly. it real right them. that's exactly what i'm saying so is, people start freaking people are out. like oh we believe it you mm-hmm. know and you know now if you were like oh there's a creature out there jumping over houses and attacking people they'd be like eh, full of shit well i say that but yeah and and it's some of the shit people basically believe saying that. the same thing that we were saying that you know other uh, other theories were that you know he wasn't a supernatural creature, but it was just one or more people with a fucking with each other with a with a dark sense of humor, right? Yeah. And they just wanted to mess with mess with people. Um, you can't do that nowadays. But you, you there, can go to prison. There are some paranormal arguments that I 
would be remiss if I did not say. If she didn't mention. Yeah. So we got we got to get these paranormal people out here, our people. We got to give them their, their due. A variety of wildly speculative paranormal explanations have been proposed to explain the origin of Spring Hill Jack, including that he was an extraterrestrial entity with a non-human appearance and features. <sighs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. He had retro, uh, e.g. the retro-reflective red eyes, or the phosphorus breath. Yeah, they're they're using that as. Uh, this as is reasons. the only description of an alien, a fire-breathing alien that I've ever heard. But I would believe more of a dragon than an alien at this point. I would believe with a mustache. Um, I believe y'all making this shit up. Right, <laughs> a dragon right. with a mustache. A dragon with a mustache. Someone would have said like, that to us. So we'll, think of the, we'll, we'll the Shrek a, dragon with the mustache. Like, we'll put it on a shirt. <laughs> Listen here, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> they also say that uh, not just those features, but with the extraterrestrial part, that his superhuman agility derives from life on a high gravity world, with his jumping ability and strange behavior, and that he was a, and that he was a demon accidentally or purposely summoned into this world by <laughs> practitioners of the occult. Or who made himself manifest simply to create spiritual turmoil. So does he live on another planet, or is he a demon? Pick. These don't, are conjectures from different paranormal I know, people. but don't be like, oh, he was also lived from another planet, but also a demon. Because people like to throw those to alien. They like to have noticed that in my research of paranormal. And that brings me to another thing, is like, do the, nor- do the present day paranormal investigations take away from, because... It's all on TV, and it's a lot of theatrics. But anyway, go ahead. Carry on. You can't carry on. I can. Another uh, <laughs> uh, another uh, theory is that he should be in the category of phantom attackers. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, a, a good example of that would be... Uh, Jack the Ripper. The Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Where's Mattoon? Uh, I believe that's Illinois. Okay. You know the S is silent, right? Illinois. There you go. What the fuck ever, dude? Yeah, don't ever... <laughs> I will thump you in the fucking left eyelash if you ever talk to me like that again. Aw, my eyelash? Aw, uh, B. Okay, so the Phantom Attackers, uh-huh. since you guys are not... Yeah, to the left. Known. <laughs> you guys don't... Okay. The Phantom Attackers. They appear to be human and may be perceived as prosaic criminals, but may display extraordinary abilities. Mm-hmm. Such like as Spring Hill Jack's jumps. Such as leaping a tall building in a single bound. Yeah, and or cannot be caught by authorities. Victims commonly experience the attack in their bedrooms, homes, or other seemingly secure enclosures. They may report being pinned or paralyzed, or on the other hand, described as describe a siege in which they fought off a persistent intruder or intruders. Many reports can readily be explained psychologically, most notably as the old hag phenomenon recorded in folklore and recognized by psychologists as a form of hallucination in the most problematic cases an attack is witnessed by several people and substantiated by some physical evidence but the attacker cannot be verified to exist i was literally about to say it sounds like sleep paralysis yeah kind of like a succubi you know but the more that we talk about these things the more i realize that all of these things that happened in the past were just unidentified mental disorders. Yes. Sleep paralysis. Okay. 
So <laughs> I I consulted the occult museum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what what did they have to say on the subject? No mention of Spring Hill Jack. Not part of the occult. So we ruled one out. I feel like I do though. I feel like when I well when you hear these stories in passing, you're like, oh that's supernatural, you know, blah blah blah. But then once you start like Dina, you start researching it, like I've done like some of them don't make sense. But some of them you're like it sounds like sleep paralysis. It sounds yeah. like things that we have names for now is I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. And in the 1800s, they didn't know about sleep paralysis. Right. So, like, they thought this was a real experience they were having. Now, the, the pranks and attacks, attacks in air quotes, because they didn't really hurt anyone that much. I mean, tearing yeah, I mean, clothing. Like, and- two females were the one, two females got, like, actually attacked. You know, their clothes. Yeah. Tore in their, you know, or three, their skin ripped and stuff. Yeah. And- but I mean, I, it, it honestly kind of seems like it was pranks. Nobody meant to really hurt anyone. Yeah. Because if they really did in the 1800s, I mean, like, they could have killed them almost at, at, you know, if you did it at night, you could kill someone and just get away with it. Right. Like, I don't know how they solved crimes. Like, and I, I honestly don't think they actually solved them. I think they found somebody to put in jail for it. Mm hmm. And that's happened today. Like, you know, people always argue about talking to the police. It's like the police have a job and that's to put someone in jail. Right. And whether or not that's you, that depends on what the information you get. Because when they question you about things, you don't know what they know. And you may say something that connects A to B. And next thing you know, you're on trial. Right. But, um, you know, I, I just kind of think it's the same thing as people are just fucking with each other. Yeah. And they couldn't get caught. Like. You know, today, like, you know, you try to come on Dina's house, there's 17 different cameras that that have you on film, like, walking yeah. into her yard. That didn't exist in 1836. Or and whatever. one camera that has Dina on film. Shut up. <laughs> Wasn't there one in the bedroom? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, I'm just saying that, like, you know, now, you know, back then you could get away with that as fucking with people over extended periods, especially in London, where the so many people like yeah. and very there was a lot of, and there was a lot time. of pressure on them to to come up with like who was it you know mm-hmm. to perform like, yeah they're like uh that happens to me daily i always <laughs> underperform <laughs> that's like talk to people online it's like yeah girl I'll, I'll rock that world and it's like you meet in person you're like i'm not i'm not gonna rock that world <laughs> you're gonna leave you're going to be a very, little upset. You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> Before we close on Spring Hill Jack, I do want to say there was one more sighting outside of the United Kingdom in Czechoslovakia. Oh, this Czech month. Okay, right. So this figure, the similar figure, was the name was Parak, the Spring Man of Prague. He was reported to have been seen in Czechoslovakia around 1939 through 1945. Prime World War II times. He it also had the elusiveness and supernatural leaping abilities attributed to a Parak bear, a close resemblance to those exhibited by Springhill Jack, and distinct parallels can be drawn between the two entities. The stories of Parak provide a useful example of how the traits of Spring Hill Jack have a broad cultural resonance in urban folklore. 
Perak, like Spring Hill Jack, went on to become a folklore hero, even starring in a, in several animated superhero cartoons, fighting the SS, the earliest of which is Jiri Trinka's 1946 film Perak, a SS or Springman and the SS. That's so that's so awesome to me though. So he turned into a superhero. <coughs> instead well, it's, of a it, villain. It's so awesome when you look at it that like Europe and us we have a lot of in common with mm-hmm. vampires, werewolves, shit like that. And then you get down into this kind of stuff that basically is just a European thing. It spreads from the UK all the way down to the Czech Republic you know, Czechoslovakia, yeah. like who knows how that changed as it went maybe like into Russia and India and like all the way over to Japan. Like this could be part of the shit that influenced the zombie, the jumping zombies that Dina talked about in uh, China and Japan. It's something that people saw that they didn't quite 100% understand. And then they just, they just went with it because the, the transporting the bodies in China or Japan, like, that made a hundred percent like sense to me that people saw it and they didn't know what was happening. Like, because they haven't been to that part, you know, like I've never bought a house, but Dina can tell me how to buy a house. But like, if I haven't had somebody, my family die that I was directly related to, I wouldn't know that they were transporting a body back. And if I saw that, it would freak me out. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like a lot of those stories, it's really cool how that just kind of spreads out. And the more that we talk about the, this folklore stuff we can see the underlying like, I find connections it really cool and i think though, it's awesome that he kind of flipped the script he yeah. had the same attributes in this country very it was just parallel it was almost identical yeah. except they didn't make him a, a villain. villain they made him a superhero yeah and that's probably because people took the story and were like oh look at what this guy's doing whereas in london People took it and they're like, we can use this as a cover to fuck with people. And I know this is a little <laughs> bit of a leap. I know I know it is. But some of these attributes, you almost since he turned into a superhero, it almost makes you wonder if some of these comic book writers got some influence oh, on I think so. the leaping and the jumping and the now he's turned into a superhero type thing. I know we made the joke on uh, Superman. But he also like, wears a cape. Well, I like yeah. that a lot of this kind of, I don't know. You, you can always talk about it like X-Men. Like, yeah. That's not my favorite. I'm going to admit X-Men isn't my favorite. But like some of this stuff with the, the power, like, you know, you you make it work. Right. And I, I kind of feel like we have these stories today. And this is just the old version mm-hmm. of, of that. The X-Men and superheroes and let's make our own characters just as entertainment but then it gets maybe misinterpreted in something and then it gets put into that folklore of that you know region or whatever right is that you know oh wolverine he can (laughs) he has claws you know like well so does uh spring hill jack has claws you know what i mean yeah and um it kind of goes from there but we know it's fake now but you know back then People were like, oh, anything's possible. Well, but on the <laughs> on the flip side of that, it's very interesting how you can turn folklore into urban legend. The urban legend becomes so real to people that people actually make it. They manifest mm-hmm. it into reality. Yeah. It becomes a reality to them. People can get hurt from it. People can become influenced dramatically from it. I mean, 
the prime example, uh, a good example would be Slender Man. Oh yeah, those girls those two, like killed those yeah. girls that killed their friend, and then they tried to go into the forest. You know what was it like a hundred miles away you from have, their house or something? I'm gonna tell. It's it's weird since like I had a kid. I I worry about like yeah how other kids are gonna treat. When you hear about stuff like that, it's like, well, he could meet people that are going to fucking murder him and die. You know what I mean? Like, how can you prepare your child for something? <laughs> you can't. It's you, just, you just sound paranoid and know, crazy to them. But I don't want to be that way. And now that I look at back at it, my parents, it's like, well, they grew up with this exposure mm-hmm. to these things and they were worried about this. But now I have a completely different set. Like, I need to be like, give me your phone. Welcome to my paranoia daily. Well, I mean, no, it's like, and give me like, your phone. I'm going to go through your phone. They're like, yeah. you know, mom, you're crazy. Or mom, you know, it's no, not going to be like that. No, it, it is the reality. It's like, though. I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, And you don't know who you're talking to, really. No. And it's like, I want to look at your phone. I want to see who you're talking to. You know, because I know that, you know, we were the pioneers of fucking internet chat rooms and shit like that. And. It's like I know what these people are wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Let me look at. Let me look who you're talking. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to see who you're talking to. Yeah. Like. Anyways, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I thought I thought he was a really cool. That uh, is good. Urban That's a good legend. story. I like that. I like that urban yeah. legend a lot. Spring Hill Jack porn. Spring. Oh. Give me <clears throat> the cliff notes, bro. <laughs> There's a lot of springs in his step. If you know what I'm saying. He basically just puts his heels on like a board and it's just like a <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> all right like a jackhammer it's almost like a sawzall with a dildo on the end of it Woo! tina knows what i'm talking about <laughs> you know what's up okay anyways randy where can they find us gamel uh, a stupid hydrogen fasa bouquet <laughs> stupid hydrogen twitter stupid hydrogen Patreon? <laughs> Stupid hydrogen. <laughs> Is it patreon.com forward slash Stupid Not hydrogen. backslash. Not a colon. Colon is outright. <laughs> and we're also on the Insta. Graham? Stupid hydrogen. Stupid hydrogen. <laughs> Dina's eyes. Dina. Kitchen. Dina, where? <laughs> Dina. She's catatonic. Yeah, she is. Dina. Thank you guys for listening. You're welcome. <laughs> I love you guys. God. I love you guys. I love you too. We love, love you guys. You. And we're so grateful for you guys to continue to listen to this. And uh, we'll see you next week. My Nona. Bye-bye. I'll feed the same. <laughs>